Hello and welcome all you spiritual rebels, heretics, and revolutionaries out there. My name is Lawrence Gallian, and this is The Silence of the Mind, the most direct and experiential podcast to help you attain enlightenment and self-actualization in this lifetime. We are not believers, we are experiencers. Hello and welcome all you spiritual rebels, heretics and revolutionaries out there. This is The Silence of the Mind, and my name is Lawrence Gallian, and thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button. I've been a bit under the weather this past week. For those of you who follow me on Facebook, you know about that already. I do urge you to send me a Facebook invitation, and that way I will add you to my list of friends as I regularly post interesting information for all my spiritually rebellious, heretical, and revolutionary friends. So, to today's topic, killing as an art? That sounds very strange to us. But in Japan, during an approximately 600-year period, war was constantly present, and every healthy young man, let's say every farm boy, was trained to fight, and not just to fight to cause injury, but to fight to cause death. This is somewhat akin to the warrior cultures of Sparta, Greece, the Vikings, the great Celtic warrior cultures. Also, life in Japan at that time was similar to the ancient warrior culture of the Assyrians. The Assyrian military culture was a magnificent and successful war machine. As with the German army of World War II, the Assyrian army was the most technologically and doctrinally advanced of its day and was a model for others for generations afterwards. The Assyrians were the first to make extensive use of iron weaponry, and not only were iron weapons superior to bronze, but could be mass-produced, allowing many large armies to exist. Medieval Japan was divided into many small states that were constantly at war. And at any time, a young man might be called up to do battle. In addition, there was a special class of warriors. It was an hereditary class of warriors, hereditary military nobility that were known as the samurai. The samurai, or bushi, were the warriors of pre-modern Japan. Samurai employed a range of weapons, such as bows and arrows, spears and guns, but their main weapon and symbol was the sword. Samurai was supposed to lead their lives according to the ethic code of Bushido, 
which means the way of the warrior. But art? How can killing be an art? Well, war was an integral part of everyday life in medieval Japan. Zen embraces all of life. It does not discriminate. Zen does not have a set of Ten Commandments, a Bible, saints, or a Pope. Zen is concerned with the reality of what is happening now. Many samurai, many of the greatest samurai, such as Musashi, studied under Zen masters. As we've talked about in the past, Zen masters would often be avid gardeners, landscapers, poets, authors, as well as teachers of samurai. They did not teach the samurai with regards to technique, but rather to how to achieve a type of mind stillness in the midst of battle. Zen has its strongest connection to the samurai through the famous Bushido Code, also known as the Way of the Warrior, which is the code the samurai live their lives by. What are the eight virtues of Bushido? Here are Bushido's eight virtues, or what's known as the code. 1. Rectitude or justice. 2. Courage. 3. Benevolence or mercy. 4. Politeness. 5. Honesty and sincerity. 6. Honor. 7. Loyalty. And 8. Character and self-control. Now we have spoken at length about the great Zen master Takuan Soho and how he was an expert in many arts. We have also mentioned that he taught Miyamoto Musashi, Japan's most famous swordsman, and the author of the book, The Book of Five Rings. And Master Takuan Soho, who was also known as Takuan Osho, also taught Yagyu Muninori, founder of one of Japan's greatest schools of swordsmanship. The primary reason samurai adopted Zen Buddhism was the belief that it strengthened them on the battlefield. They believed that plans and strategy on the battlefield led to death, and Zen helped followers dismiss such thoughts. Their, quote, death before dishonor was not an empty slogan to the samurai. They lived and died by the strict warrior code, believing that death in battle or even seppeku was preferable to living a life of dishonor. Every form has true nature in it. That is, Buddha nature is in all things. Absolute stillness is tranquility, which is enlightenment. The enlightened person is Buddha. 
Thus, it does not matter what you are doing at this moment, driving your car, working in your garage, practicing mixed martial arts, dancing. If you are doing it with absolute stillness, you have attained enlightenment. This, of course, includes if you are part of the United States military forces and engaged in a gunfight in Afghanistan, if you are doing it with absolute stillness, you have attained enlightenment. Death before dishonor was not an empty slogan to the samurai. Yet, there was a strange contradiction in the samurai belief system. Bushido was an ethical system rather than a religious belief system. In fact, many samurais believed that they were excluded from any reward in the afterlife or in their next lives according to the rules of Buddhism because they were trained to fight and kill in this life. And they felt obligated to kill because of their oaths taken to follow the Bushido ethical system. However, there is a great deal of thought that Zen maybe is not a form of Buddhism. Zen is not a philosophy or a religion. A great writer, Hakamaya, wrote that, quote, I have said that Zen is not Buddhism, but not Chinese Chan is not Buddhism. The reason is that anything that shows no attempt at critical philosophy based on intellect, but merely an experiential Zen, whether it be in India, Tibet, or wherever, cannot be Buddhism, unquote. In other words, Zen is experiential. It's really kind of silly to read a lot of books about Zen if you want to practice Zen, and thus Zen is automatically disqualified as a form of Buddhism, which requires intellectual exploration. I realize that this is a great debate, but in general, one does not see shrines within Zen monasteries. Shrines are important as they contain a statue or image of the Buddha or a bodhisattva, but they are mostly seen in traditional Buddhist temples. They are not found within Zen monasteries. As we return to the samurai and Bushido, it must be said that Bushido is loosely analogous to the European concept of chivalry. And it is fascinating that they both, Bushido and chivalry, manifested in the world roughly at the same time on opposite sides of the world. But there were some differences. 
knights were usually Christian, specifically Roman Catholic, while samurai followed Buddhism, Taoism, or Confucianism. One group of warriors were European, while the other was Japanese. Both wore different types of protective gear. For example, the knights wore armor, and the samurai were guarded by very strong bamboo gear. Most importantly, to whatever degree you want to incorporate Buddhism into your Zen practice, it is you who must decide what way of life you want to follow. Buddhism has had a rich history of syncretism, of combining itself with other religions and indigenous beliefs in whatever area it found itself, like the Buddhists did in Tibet with the previous Bern religion. Only fools obey religions and religious teachers as if they were gods. You are the immortal divine being, and in your stillness and silence, you can realize this fact. The great master Linji Yishuan said, quote, When it's time to get dressed, put on your clothes. When you must walk, then walk. When you must sit, then sit. Just be your ordinary self, living your ordinary life, unconcerned in seeking for Buddhahood. When you're tired, lie down. The fool will laugh at you, but the wise man will understand. Remember, no one ordained the Buddha. So do not be intimidated by those who say, you can only receive Zen or Chan by studying face to face with a master. Do what you love to do. In silence there is illumination. In stillness clarity is ever-present. Come back to the reality of what is happening now. Look at what is in front of you and truly see it. Until the next time, peace. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean the absolute world to me if you subscribed to this podcast. I'm not selling you anything or even asking you to donate to Patreon because I know how profoundly difficult it is for most of you with this unspeakably difficult pandemic to make ends meet. I leave you with a powerful reminder. The ultimate reality is unknowable. The Upanishads say, quote, If you think that you understand Brahman, you do not understand. You have yet to be instructed further. If you know that you do not understand, then you truly understand, for the Brahman is unknown to those who know it, and known to those who know it not." Unquote. 
If you say it is zero, you are wrong. If you say it is one, you are wrong. If you say it is three, you are also wrong. About the divine, you can only say, not this, not that, 